0: Love Talk Radio. Well Peace Sisters, the show that features six and seven figure earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as Deborah Hardnett, CEO of Deborah Hardnett International and founder of The Professional Black Woman, showcase the triumphant journeys of these powerful sisters. You will be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347 838 Nine two seven eight. Today's broadcast is brought to you by www.wealthysisters.com, where the show can be heard twenty four hours a day. And now your host, Deborah Hardnett.
1: Well, hello, and welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by the Professional Black Woman. Visit us at com Wealthy Sisters, where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure-earning women of color. Our purpose is twofold, first, to inspire and encourage the listener, and also, second, to edify, promote, acknowledge, or just say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live from our nation's snowy capital, Washington, D.C. Today is Monday, December the 21st, 2009, and we are here every week week at the same time, Mondays at 12 noon Eastern. So spread the word. Now today, I tell you, I got to catch my breath. Today we have another exciting show for you. This is going to be a dynamic show. Trust me. First, let me send the warmest in the 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 best of the holidays blessings to each and every one of the listening audience today it is an honor to share in your lives on a weekly basis and it's something i really truly consider a privilege i feel your love and for that i want to say thank you and how grateful i am Tell you what, I am so grateful that we had to go and add more lines, and they are already filling up as we speak right now. But I'm telling you, today, like I said, is going to be an awesome show. We have a spectacular treat for you today. Our special guest, we like to call her the elegant, gracious gangster. She is serious. I'm telling you, this young lady is powerful. Miss Colleen J. Payne, neighbors. So you want to go grab your pens, journals, napkins, whatever you can write on right now. Tell everyone to um, dial in 347-838-9278 or visit www.wealthysisters.com to listen live. Now you've got to hear this lady's story. She is powerful, an entrepreneur. Author and professional speaker Miss Colleen J Payne is much is a much sought after for her message on success. Inspiration and empowerment. This serial entrepreneur has founded six successful companies and is the owner of several businesses. She is founder and CEO of Mobile Cardiac Imaging, um, otherwise known as MCI Diagnostic Center, and is one of the most successful and well-positioned companies in the medical in- industry. And was and has been listed in Inc. Magazine as one of the five thousand fastest growing private companies in America for 2007, 2008, and 2009. Payne has written numerous leadership and business articles and has been featured in many publications including Washington G2, Black Enterprise, Influence Magazine, and Inc. Magazine. Payne has appeared on national and local television with segments on Fox News, ABC, CBS, and NBC. She was also named as one of Tulsa's most influential people in 2008 and was the SBA Small Business Person of the Year for 2007 for the state of Oklahoma. She also has received so many other words, but I'm going to tell you this. She has a dynamic book that's called I Did It My Way and It Worked. We are featuring her story on the Professional Black Woman's homepage, and you can also find her book there um, in the Professional Black Woman's bookstore. So without any further delay, when we take this short break, we're going to come back and listen to none other than Miss Colleen payne Neighbors.
0: This segment is sponsored by WillDrake.com. That's www.WillDraike.com. The hot new suspense novel, Bad and Worse, A Tale of Men, published by Thermal Coast Publishing. Sometimes the only way to stop a killer is to love him. Available in stores November 2009.
1: Well, yes, we are back live here on Wealthy Sisters. And today, our special guest is author, speaker, entrepreneur, Ms. Colleen Payne Neighbors, the serial entrepreneur, shall we call her. Are you there? I am here, Deborah. And thank
2: you so much. What a warm, inviting, and, and beautiful welcoming.
1: Oh, well, I tell you what, you are so welcome. And you set the stage for that. It's been your awesome work and, and dedication to being a serious entrepreneur, and so it's just an honor to have you here today.
2: Well, it is my pleasure to be here with you, and I appreciate you.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. Now, we like to say here at Wealthy Sisters, we don't like to waste time. We know we have an hour that's going to go by fast. We like to jump right into it. Tell us, you have started six successful businesses. I'm looking at your beautiful picture and I know you are not as old as the six successful businesses had to take. Tell us how powerful and what your secrets have been. And, and also they were in three different industries as well.
2: Absolutely. You know, I believe, uh, as you stated earlier, I am what I am, and I think that I am a true entrepreneur, which means that at some point after the first entrepreneur venture, once you make an entrepreneur venture successful, you lose that fear of uh, failing. So consequently, <laughs> you have the energy and you are more adept to go out and create other ventures because you know that whatever you started with and what you have, you can actually make those companies work. And so when I started the company many years ago in 1990. I started out with one basic idea. I am by profession a nuclear medicine technologist and had this great idea to put this technology on wheels and take it to rural Oklahoma.
1: Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm.
2: kind of where the concept began. That's where the concept started. And within, within uh, 11 months of me starting the one company, I was making $40,000 a year. And I was able to buy, and they and I, and I want that listening audience to always know the power of what you say that you can do can be done. I took forty thousand dollars, which was my salary, and I bought almost a million dollar truck. This truck was six hundred and fifty four thousand dollars that I bought from working. So, and then once I started that venture, within 11 months, I was already on to the entrepreneur venture number two that made sense, that uh, my company was a niche. And I'll just kind of tell you a little bit about my company that I started. Uh, I am a nuclear medicine technologist, and what I saw many years ago is that a lot of the patients were coming up from the rural areas. Extended family would have to take off, um, siblings would have to take off to take mom, dad, brother uh, to to bring them to the Metroplex um, Mm -hmm. for diagnostic testing. I did a test called a nuclear uh, myocardial perfusion scan, and basically, what that test did, it looked at the heart and determined. If you needed angioplasty, if you needed bypass surgery, if you were having chest pain, we could. It's, it's like, sort of like the Cadillac, or I guess people now say the Mercedes. It probably goes way beyond that now. But I used to say it's sort of like looking at the Volkswagen and Mercedes. But you could actually basically look at the heart and determine if that heart was damaged, if it was fine, if it was um, needed needed to be repaired in terms of bypass surgery, angioplasty. Uh, just or, or treated medically, so when doing this procedure, every day I would come to work. I would never, mm-hmm. ever take off because uh, realizing that those hard patients come to to the doctor, no matter what the circumstances are with the weather, anything, so I kept looking at that, and I kept thinking to myself how how could I take this technology to those patients that are in need that are driving so far so i I, I put that idea. In, into, into, into action. And I came up with the concept of um, the, the first truck that I bought. It's sort of like putting most people necessarily don't know what nuclear cardiology is, but a lot of people will recognize what a nuclear, uh, MRI scanner is. So it's okay. basically taking an MRI scanner or very similar to that, but it's a nuclear scintillation detector, and putting that on wheels. And so I was fortunate enough to have this truck built from ground up out of Chicago, that they had the uh, know-how to create medical uh, units. So I took this technology, put it on wheels, and started delivering services to rural Oklahoma in terms of uh, providing diagnostic nuclear cardiology.
1: So you met a need that you saw that needed to be filled. That was one of the things. Now, did, they, did you come up with this concept of, were you the first to actually put this um, instrument or this equipment on wheels? You know, honestly, this uh, this had been done
2: before. It had not been done in the state of Oklahoma to the uh-huh. level in which I I did. So, people uh, about 15 years ago. Mobile medicine was really, really big. It was mostly mobile MRI centers because the cost of an MRI unit to put into a hospital was so enormous and so costly that mm-hmm. it was more feasible to put to create these trailers and bring them around to different settings and allow the hospitals or doctor's office to use them, and then they would probably uh, move three or four times during the course of the week. So the idea was not so much as original for my concept. It was original for this area, but it was more so original to put it to do nuclear cardiology at the time. Yes. So mobile medicine had been around, but um, nuclear cardiology to, do, to look specifically at the heart wasn't being done, okay. specifically in Oklahoma. It had been done before, though.
1: Okay, okay. And, and so the, when you refer to the metroplex, that is your, your city metropolitan area where you are there.
2: Exactly. Um, uh-huh. I am – exactly. I live in Oklahoma, and uh, Oklahoma is very rural, or, and we have uh, – our two largest cities is, is Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma City. And so a lot of our health care relies in those particular areas uh, for getting the state-of-the-art healthcare care um, services. So most of the patients that live in the little smaller towns would have to drive anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours to get to one of these places that had that type of technology that can provide them uh, those services. When the rural physician requested a nuclear cardiology uh, study, they would then in turn refer the patient to, um, to Tulsa or to one of the larger hospitals that had that technology.
1: Wow. Wow, that's uh, that's incredible. So you began building that business, and you said you know it was natural for you to start others. Uh, were they like spinoffs of that company, or
2: you know, um, they were one hundred percent. Because within the first year, um, I was driving around, and actually, when I started my company, not only was I uh, I had to be trained on how to drive this. Uh, brand new truck, uh, but I did make it female friendly so that it was, it looks sort of like a tractor tra- trailer rig, but I, I definitely made it female friendly so that I could get in that truck and drive because I didn't know anything about driving a truck. This truck was like 55 foot, it's like driving a huge motorhome across, I mean, one of the really nice ones. And um, so I had, not only did I have to learn how to drive this truck, but I was also, I had to have a CDL license, I was an HR person, I was the marketing department. I was the nuclear medicine technologist. I was a CPR resuscitator. You know, um, I'm 45 years, old, 46 years old. I honestly don't think that I could have all those many hats, but that is the life of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So within within 11 months, I I was I would jump in the truck, go out, see patients, do patients, and then at the end of the day, I would take that truck out because that truck was truly a a, um, a showpiece, and I would take the truck out and go to another hospital, another rural town, we would display it. So that was the marketing part of it. But what became so obvious to me was that not only was I providing a service in a niche area, but I started looking in my own environment, and I said, gosh, what else could go with this um, uh, nuclear cardiology? Well, within 11 months, uh, what made sense was to add uh, mobile ultrasound, mobile uh, mobile cardiology. And mm-hmm. we started, um, I didn't have a technologist at that time that could do that. I am a nuclear medicine technologist, and so I went out. I bought equipment to do ultrasound, uh, cardiology, echocardiograms of the heart. And so the the mobile unit ran five days a week. We would be in A-town every single day of the week. And then what I started was I uh, created another company called Mobile Ultrasound that that company, if historically, For the most part, if you need a myocardial perfusion scan or nuclear cardiology stress test, more than likely you could benefit from using um, ultrasound services or echocardiograms, which actually look at the heart and determine if the the valves are open, and it gives you an ejection fraction. So it only made sense that if I was providing nuclear cardiology that it made sense to provide mobile echocardiography. So within 11 months, I bought a truck, I bought the equipment, and, you know, about 14 years ago, this equipment was three, four $400,000. So I bought one unit. I hired one lady, uh, and she had a route. So the the, uh, the nuclear truck would go on a route, and then she would go on a route. And within, within three months of adding that modality, I saw that that made sense. I mean, you know, I, I didn't want to go out and spend another almost a million dollars on a nuclear truck, but that truck could, could move. And then within six, six months of that, I had ordered three additional trucks,
1: wow. three more
2: uh, ultrasound units. And so we were, we were covering just about the um, whole northeastern state part of Oklahoma in terms of providing nuclear cardiology services and mobile ultrasound services. So a lot of the rural doctors in in these communities didn't have that service. And so I saw a need, I saw a niche, and I I took advantage and I said, gosh, what goes with that? And so, you know, in terms of um, just looking at uh, basic timelines of my company, and within a year of starting mobile ultrasound, I started providing, and and mind you, when I started my company, I was one person wearing about ten management hats and I had uh, two people working for me. And within probably two years, we were uh, providing all of the major medical staffing to most of the hospitals in the Metroplex. We were providing (laughs) uh, ultrasound services. And what that looked like is that sometimes when you go into a hospital, um, a lot of the staffing could be temporary, which means that someone called in sick that day or someone's on vacation or someone's on maternity leave. So I had enough staff that I would go in and provide the staffing for the hospital so that they would have no shortfall of uh, providing their services in-house. So in addition to the mobile service on nuclear and ultrasound, I started providing a staffing company for all of the major hospitals here in uh, Oklahoma.
1: Wow. And the staffing was – oh, I'm sorry, you, you, you were going to add something to you? I was going to answer, answer my question.
2: Oh, no, please, please.
1: So you were the, in the staffing um, that that you supplied. They dealt with exactly, but the equipment that you actually dealt with the nuclear equipment, the technology, the diagnostic equipment. So th- did you do other staffing, or was it just just that?
2: You know what we did at the hospitals is in in some situations, um, maybe the hospital did not have the equipment, and we mm-hmm. we provided the equipment and So when the patient walked in, we looked like we belonged to the hospital. the equipment looked like we belonged to the hospital, but in actuality, at the end of the day, we came home to mobile cardiac imaging, which I owned wow, so it, we were very seamless in the in the facilities because you want your staff to become a part of the of the uh, industry in which you 're in so if we were at a hospital. Uh, we would wear appropriate um, gear that said whatever uh, hospital we were at. And a lot of times we would bring in our own equipment because maybe their equipment, uh, something happened to it, or if they needed to borrow our equipment or um, so we we did a number of different services on different levels, depending on the contract. If the contract was just specifically for um, staffing, we would provide staffing. If the contract was for staffing and equipment, we did both. So, you know, and we just—I just kept seeing needs and niches in the medical community that allowed us to grow.
1: That's incredible. That is just incredible. So inspirational, inspiring. I mean, you—you you created a need. You saw the need. You filled the need. What would you say would be, or what was your key ingredient to success? And what led you to a life um, of an entrepreneur?
2: You know, I'm asked that question many times. I, I, I think people uh, would like to know, did I always know that, that this is where I was going to be? Did I always know mm-hmm. that I was going to be an entrepreneur? Honestly, I did not. Um, I knew it when I was 33 years old um, I did not want to always uh, push patients around and do patients. I did have a bigger dream. Did, did, did I know specifically what that dream entailed? I did not. And so at 33 years old I started looking at different concepts Mm -hmm. Um, what I could do in the medical arena. Now, mind you, you know, it's really rare for medical personnel to really cross on the outside of that, to stay in medicine, because I'm not a physician. I am a nuclear medicine technologist. So consequently, when I was in uh, college, they didn't teach us to be entrepreneurs. They didn't teach us uh, about business. They didn't teach us HR. They didn't teach us accounting or QuickBooks. They basically, I can tell you anything that's inside of the body. So right. when I started looking at what 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 are the concepts I was working with a um, a really good doctor friend of mine and he he kept saying, you know, we should go to uh India um and he would teach the doctors over there nuclear cardiology and I would teach um the technologists or uh the the techs how to be really great nuclear technologists. And you know, it was a lot of concepts that didn't make sense with that for me. Um, my son was about six months old at that time, and i didn 't think that that was just a really great concept, so I started looking at what could I do what you know what could I do to start my own company and I believe that it it made sense for me to stay in an arena that I was already in. It made sense because one, I knew nuclear medicine uh, i didn 't know that I could actually do all the things that I, I I had done, but I think that when you have a really good vision and you 're very clear of uh, the path that you, you believe that you're supposed to be on. I think things open up quite um, – you just have to be able to hear that and feel that and you know that you're, on, you're doing the right.
1: That is so true. We talk about that every week um, about how you have to know it and you have to feel it. How? What was it in you that just made you know that? You know, you, you, because, and I'm glad you brought that point up about school. Um, it, it wasn't just your field. A lot of industries, a lot of, uh, I guess, um, curriculums are not driven um, towards entrepreneurship at all. And, and it was interesting that you're in that field and that you did you know have this desire to step outside to become an entrepreneur that's not generally you know a path that you hear of so what 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 was your upbringing like what what was it that made the difference for you you know um
2: i think as um you know there was a couple things that happened that uh when i wrote the book i did it my way and it worked um mm-hmm. as when i was doing this i realized that there were several things. When I was um, when I was in the tenth grade, I was going to a, a little small uh, school, and they had this this course that all girls took, and most of the time they just took it because it was called vocational office education. And I don't necessarily know if they have this now, but it was a course in which they taught us to, taught them to type, to do shorthand, um, to be really to grow up to be office secretaries because that's you know about. Oh, uh, 25 years ago, that's really what, what we were being taught to do. But, you know, something in me, my sister was in this class and all of my friends were in this class, and they kept saying, come on over, it's so much fun. You know, we have so much <laughs> fun in this class. But something inside of me kept saying, don't take that class. Mm. Do not take that class because if I took, so what I saw was a lot of the girls that was taking VOE, they ended up, we had a, um, a call center. It was hurt. And a lot of the girls were taking, that, um, taking the VOE, and when they got out of high school, the, the job that they landed was at Hurt. So what mm-hmm. I realized to myself is that I, if I didn't know how to type, if I didn't know shorthand, and if I didn't know, if I didn't have the skill sets to become an office worker, I had no choice but to go to college because I would mm-hmm. walk out of that high school with no skill sets. So every year they would say, come on over, it's so much fun. But in my heart, I knew that I could never walk in that class and take that class because mm. somewhere along the line I would end up at Hertz and at that call center. So by the time I got to 11th and 12th grade, I had never, ever taken that class. So when I look back and I started chronicling my life and journaling my life, that was a major, major point of, for my entrepreneur career because, see, I knew that I needed something better. I knew that I wanted something bigger, but I also knew that if I had taken – You know, sometimes life is just a fork in the road. You can either go to the right or you can go to the left. And it's Mm -hmm. choosing that destination that really creates your life in the path. So mm-hmm. I chose at 15 years old, not knowing why I did it, but I knew that I could not take that class. And, I mean, just about every one of my friends was in that class. But I knew that if I had taken that class, my life would have been tremendously different from the day it, from the, what it is now. So wow. that was one of the determining factors for me in my life that allowed me to be on this road of entrepreneurship uh, now.
1: And wow. it's a well, simple we- thing. A simple, simple thing—a choice. Well, we are listening to the dynamic Colleen Payne Neighbors. I mean, this is—I'm telling you—you you want to call everybody, have them to dial in three four seven eight three eight nine two seven eight. Perhaps she might take a few questions. Are you open to answering a few questions from our audience oh, ab- today? Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Dial three four seven eight three eight nine two seven eight. You can press one, and we will know that you'd like to um, ask Miss Payne Neighbors a question. We're going to take. Take a short break and be right back.
0: Deborah Hartnet International, helping you design your future. We are business development consultants, your one-stop source for starting or enhancing your business. Our team of professionals are among the best in the country. Our services range from establishing your corporation to developing and executing your branding strategy to website design and promotions. We even help you with establishing your business credit. Visit us today at www.DebraHardnett.com to view a full list of services or call toll-free 800-493-0339. Mention this ad and receive a 15% discount off our gold package.
1: Well good afternoon. We are back live with miss Colleen Payne neighbor so excited to have her. She's also extraordinary speaker and entrepreneur she um did mention you mentioned just briefly your book. I want to talk about that such an awesome book. um I did it my way. I love the title, and it worked. I did it my way, and it worked. Tell us more about the book you know the, the book. Is
2: it's it's sort of like an entrepreneur guy, but it's also part of my life, and I believe that it, the story in itself is that anyone can do what I did, and I, mm-hmm. I travel this country telling people that story because I took I was a forty thousand dollar worker. I am a nuclear medicine technologist, and that's what I made when I started this company. So I believe that anyone can do what I did. I did it my way, and what that really says to so many people is that, as I stated earlier, I was not trained in business. I was not trained in accounting, HR, none of those areas, because you know, 15 years ago, um, no, actually about 20 years ago, I graduated in 95, Um they didn't necessarily teach us to be entrepreneurs. They taught us medical um, lingo, and I could can, I can tell you anything. So when I started my company, there were so many things that I did not know. There were so many things that uh, I had to learn in order to uh, be able to stay in business and to grow in business. So the, the title of the book, when I was discussing the title with my publisher, you know, he, he, he came up with probably 20 things, and I kept coming back. You know what? I did it my way. I did it my way, and it worked. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that was so significant to me because, you know what, I had to do it my way because I didn't know anyone that was running a multi-million dollar company. I didn't know anyone that was even doing a really successful business. And so a lot of the things that I had to do was is I had to do it my way. And the book says I did it my way, and it worked because I do have so many successful businesses, and I've, I've ventured out, to where they're not all med- in the medical arena, so I by me saying that there's a lot of things in this book that allows entrepreneurs and so many people have emailed me and 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 uh, called me and said, you know what? I wish that I had had a copy of this book when I started my company because mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of um, a lot of loopholes for entrepreneurs. You know, one of the biggest ones that I there's two things that I love to talk about. One, of course, is banking. Know your banker. And two, the the other issue is is that, you know, um, we as African Americans, and especially females, if you you're, you tend to be a female on top of being an entrepreneur, you know, um, there's a myth that there's so much free money for you that you're a minority and you're a female, mm-hmm. and, and that's mm-hmm. like double. Man, mm-hmm. there is no free money out there. And a lot of You didn't find
1: that, it. You didn't
2: girl, find it yet. <laughs> girlfriend, I did not find it. But... You know, my book dispelled a lot of the myths because you know part of it was that you know um, when I first started, of course, not having that background, I didn't really know that there was money out there to get. So I, I went four or five years without I didn't even having a bank loan, and my for, that payment on that truck was ten thousand dollars. No, no, no. Let me be exact. The payment on that truck was nine thousand seven hundred six dollars and thirty five cents. The biggest payment I had was eight hundred eight, which was my house payment. So see, I and that went, was I, a month.
1: Wait a minute that, now, back up. That was a month. Or that,
2: was, that was, oh, oh,
1: that was a month. That tr- we, we want to make was, it
2: plain. We want to make that clear. That truck was $654,000, and that payment was $9,706.35, and after 13 years, I still remember that payment.
1: At $40,000 so, salary, you 40 stepped 000. out there with 808 paying on your house, okay, guys, we just got to make this. We got to make it clear because a lot of people, you know, with our listening audience, everybody, you know, we, it's always that fear to step out. You know, you can't take too much risk, and you got people who, who are not um, as adventurous and who are not born risk takers, who are not born entrepreneurs, and most of the time that's who our audience is. That's who we get our advice from. That's who we listen to. And so someone would tell us, "Are you crazy?" So you tell us what was your state of mind when you when you signed on that dotted line for a nine thousand dollar card note (laughs) from an eight hundred eight house note. (laughs) You know, some
2: people some people did say I was insane, but you know what? Yeah, part part of the book that I wrote in there, failure was never an option, and so I didn't start my company with the possibility of never being successful. I never, uh-huh. A lot of times entrepreneurs do that. You know, it's always, what if? I never, well, all I that try. I know is,
1: mm-hmm. right,
2: all all that I knew is that I was going through a divorce. I had mm-hmm. no other income. My mm-hmm. son was six months old and it was just he and I. So failure mm-hmm. was never an option. I never mm-hmm. looked back as, um, of the company not surviving. I never looked back thinking that I wasn't going to make that $10,000 a month payment. I never looked back, but, Part of the book allowed me to see so many things. So I went four years without ever having a bank loan because, see, wow. I, you know, it's, it's sort of like people always say, you know, I like the word hustling.
1: I still mm-hmm. like that
2: term because I think mm-hmm. that that is when I stop doing that, then mm-hmm. I am successful. And I don't believe I, so often people use the term successful, and we're not really successful. So, you know, I use that term very sparingly with me because I believe mm-hmm. that if I wake up one day and I am successful, What do I have to get up to – exactly. What do I have to get up tomorrow to do because I am successful? I know the term that people use with me so often, but, see, that's their term, and that's how they categorize me. But I myself use that term very sparingly with with me because I never want to wake up in the morning and believe that I am successful because if I do, what happens? Do I just sit at home and watch the windows? What do I do when I'm successful? So, I believe that it is not my time to call me completely one hundred percent successful because I still have so much more to do
1: mm mm mm, mm. that's but, incredible
2: but a part of but you asked me about the book, and i want i I want people to know this one of the things is that you know we as an entrepreneur we are given so many uh levels of false hope and so many levels that someone is out there to help us and someone's out there to do that. Part of this book, it is a learning tool. It is a tool because, you know what, when I did realize that I needed assistance and I needed to find someone, you know, it was so many different agencies that said, oh, you know, come on over, we have free money. That, listen, that is so (laughs) not true. Because, you know what, the people in those agencies, they've heard every business idea. They've They've heard every plan. They've seen the best of the best of business plans. If money was free... Why Mm -hmm. are they still working in that office? Right,
1: in that office, right. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. they've heard
2: everything. But the key is those people work for their check. And so Mm -hmm. when they start running you back and forth every other week to write it, you know, some people had been down at that office, some of those offices for five and six months writing a business plan. Every Mm -hmm. time that you walk in that office, that's job security for them. Because, Mm -hmm. see, they have the secrets. They have the tools. They know Mm -hmm. where the money is. But yet They've taken the easy road. And and truly, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. It is truly Mm -hmm. 100% not. But be clear, when you're running to those agencies and those agencies start to run you a little bit too much, understand the person that you're running to works for someone. So I like for entrepreneurs to really, really know, understand that truly, you know, those people aren't going to give you money. But you're you're making sure that every time that you walk in that office, that is job security for them. And so sometimes you get at the end of that rope, there's no money at the end of that rope, and they told you when you started, if you did X, Y, and Z, and you got to L, that, you know, it was going to be a a, a a really nice cloud there for you. But, see, it mm-hmm. doesn't happen. So, you know, a lot of the things that I experience on my journey i've been able to tell us i've been able to tell you know because so many people said that this company wasn't going to survive and honestly you know one of the things is about three years because this company had grown so big i had doctors call me into their office and say we understand that you're the front person for this company we want to know who really owns you you no way yes yes many times many times and they said we want to know who owned you because you could not have done this not one black woman not one so we want to know who you work for
1: that was quite an eye how did you how how did you respond and how did they respond when you were you were the first african american to win uh the small business of year award there was it? There in yes. Oklahoma for the state. How did how did you respond, and how did they respond to that? <laughs>
2: well, you know, I think my time now is is made. Uh, I was the first African American female to win Small Business Person for the state of Oklahoma in our history. It you know, oh. it's a really sad commentary to be the first of anything in this day, especially first mm-hmm. African American anything. But
1: it mm-hmm. is what it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
2: You know, many years ago when I first started business, the company was growing so rapidly, and I was I was winning contracts left and right from huge doctors groups. And so I always believed that I was doing cardiology. So the company that I started with, I when I started this office, my company, I was working for a group of cardiologists. And I, you know, I took this idea to them. I said, Hey guys. We should be the first one to create a mobile cardiology. You guys would go out provide uh, cardiology service in some of the rural towns. I will go out with the truck. You know, this is just a windfall. So they came to me and they said, you know, I, I, I scheduled a meeting at their uh, board of directors meeting. I presented the ideas, and all these mm-hmm. doctors that I had been with for seven seven years. And mind you, I had made them millions of dollars. They said, mm-hmm. you know what? Mm-hmm. We don't like the idea. It, it's not mm-hmm. going to work. So I liked the idea. So I continued. And so about six months, I was training my replacement for them. And so now the truck was about two months from being finished, and I had pictures, and I don't know what they thought. I think that they thought it was going to be like a little minivan. I don't know. Because I was thinking
1: van when you said that until you described it, you know, a yeah, truck, 50, this was a mobile home.
2: <laughs> right, this is a 55, looks like a, about a trailer. And so about two months before um, I got ready to leave, you know, because I, was, I wasn't going to leave them. I mean, I am committed to working. And I was training my replacement, and the doctors came to me, and they said, you know what, we'd like to revisit your idea.
1: And I
0: said, uh-huh. oh, you know,
2: so I was thinking, oh, my God, I've died and gone to heaven. These guys are going to make this work for me. Because I thought, I, in my heart, I believe that I need it. This practice was consisted of 14 cardiologists. So imagine, I could go to all 14 of the places they went to. Right. So we, we had the meeting, and they said, well, you know what, we like the idea. And you know what we're going to do for you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my Uh-oh. God, this is, this is, like, so cool. They said, we're going to take, we're going to give you 20% of the company, and uh, you you can work for us. No, on Don't make me laugh. No, no, no. Mind you, I had been in the midst of this for at least about nine months, and the truck was two months here. I have went and got the money. I've got all the contracts lined up. And so I looked at them. I said, you're going to give me 20% of my own company.
1: Mm mm, mm. I said, and I That's love so him, nice I, of you. Right.
2: Exactly. I said that I said, you know what guys, I said I, I I appreciate you and I love you. But I don't think so. I said, I think I'm gonna have to pass on that. So I left and you know, and, and they were really upset that I didn't take their twenty percent offer because at this point, see I believed that I could do it because I had been on my yeah. own. But
1: so
0: yeah. but
2: but I still believe that at somewhere down the line I needed that partnership, I needed that relationship with a group of cardiologists because they would not give it to me now. So uh, about a year after I had been in business, and I was I was, I was just I was rocking it. I was I was getting contracts. Oklahoma's con- have, we have a lot of Indian patients in Oklahoma. I had every Indian contract in Oklahoma. and I, I had gotten these from large groups. So this one large group. Now, company, now let me let me let
1: me just be clear here. So you you driving the mobile unit and you the salesperson getting the contracts as well.
2: Girlfriend, I'm the salesperson in the evening. I'm driving okay. the truck, and see it, the truck looked so it, it was just a showpiece, and so no yeah. one believed that I own the company. And sometimes, sometimes it's you not, let them you think
1: differently. Right, sometimes
2: you don't have to tell your own all your business.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, I, uh huh. Uh
2: huh. After about gosh 14 years, I still have a business card that says Director of Operations. And so a couple years ago, one of my uh, my administrators said, "Why don't you have a card that says President?" I said, "Because I don't need it." because i Uh was the director of operations, because sometimes it's okay for people to believe that you work for somebody else. All Uh that they knew is that, God, this girl is really smart. She can answer every question. She can call the office back and make a whole bunch of stuff happen. And then we got the contract. Cool. How impressive.
1: I can make it happen. Just
2: tell me what I need to make happen. (laughs) So I went to this doctor's office, and they called me. They said, we want to meet with you. And I thought, oh, my God, I've made it. This is the break that I've been waiting for from my company. And, um, you know, we get, I get there, and I kind of look at the room. And, I'm, of course, I'm the only African-American. And I look at the room, and I'm thinking, this is a lot of doctors just for me, just to make that wow. contract. And, you know, they, they've got the big conference that sits about 20 doctors, and, and they're all there. And I'm thinking, wow. So we, we start with the casualties, you know, the, 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 the really cool stuff. How's the weather? The weather was good. You know, we do all of the niceties. And immediately, the room, it was not in the best lit area, so it was a real dark room. And I was sitting there at the table, and they said, okay, let's start the meeting. And um, so the first question out of the administrator's mouth was, who owns you? You know, and I was sitting in one of those little chairs that roll up and down, you know, that you can let the lever up. Immediately when he opened his mouth and said, who owns you, I felt like my chair dropped five feet. And I was was just barely looking over the table. And it's so prolific that I remember that. And I I just looked at him, and immediately I knew this was not the conversation that was going to get me to the other side. I was Mm -hmm. going to have to still continue to to do my company. So Mm -hmm. I looked at him, and, you know, I didn't have a response. So he said Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. against me, he said, who owns you? And then I thought, you know what, I'm clear. Mm -hmm. This is not this meeting. So I looked Mm -hmm. at him, and I said, you know what, as far as I know, I own me. I said, Mm -hmm. they said no. They said no. You could not have done this. Not one woman could have not have done this and taken all of our contracts from us. You could not have done this.
1: And so I looked
2: at them and I said, you know what, it was, there was nothing else to say at this moment. I was in a, a table of probably twin, uh, 20 doctors. I'm the only female, only African-American. So it didn't matter at that moment what I said. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was their opinion because, see, they brung me there. So by the time you have gotten me to that meeting, wouldn't you have pulled my tax information? Wouldn't you have pulled everything that you needed to pull to figure mm-hmm. out if I was the front person? So, you know, many years after, that, after that incident, I just I kept plying along because I, I realized that no one, no one in my own community, and I had won many awards even by that time, but people believed that one woman making $40,000 could not have grown a multi-million dollar company and it not have gotten the contracts that I had gotten in this area. So, you know, the power of the unknown is sometimes the greatest ally to all of us, which means mm-hmm. that, you know, I am the director. And so after that it became um, more and more significant for me not necessarily to scream to the rooftop because I was in a non-traditional African-American company that people needed um, maybe um, for someone else to own this company. And, you know, for for many years after that, that that still surface. but you know I was always clear it was no fight because see when I go home at night and I put my feet up I know who owns mobile cardiac imaging and everything else that I own it is our- I know you do that is
1: awesome what I mean what i just oh this is why I do what I do um the, the point that you brought up about the resources who was there for you you know you, you didn't have a a, a, a role model and that's not unique to you. That is, that is common for us as African-Americans and for women, that we haven't had that. And that's why it's so important to have this platform so that we can hear your stories, we can learn from that. And just what you just said right there, the power of the unknown. This is this is awesome. We're so delighted to have you. We're going to take a short break, come back, and we want to learn about the three Ps that you say you live your life by. So one moment, we'll be back with Ms. Colleen payne Neighbors.
0: Do you feel like there's never enough time in the day? You have a laundry list of 20 things to do and you still haven't done, oh yeah, the laundry. Are you at a crossroads in your life and just not certain what's your next step? Are you just overwhelmed and feel like you have lost, well, you? We are here to help. Compass Coaching is a personal development company for women. We help you find your path and bring balance to your life. Visit us today at www.MyPathMyLife.com We have life coaching plans as low as $19 a month and take our free assessment. That's www.MyPathMyLife.com Every woman deserves a coach.
1: We are back live. And, you know, I have to tell the story, Ms. Payne Neighbors, of how we actually met. Your assistant actually reached out to us uh, because of our event that we're having, the Winter Summit Conference and Expo. And I'm just so honored to hear your story and so honored to know that you wanted to be a part of our event and how you could actually, you know, contribute to it. And I just got to tell everybody, you got to be there. March 19th and 20th, the Winter Summit Conference and Expo. 2010 is almost here. Uh, This is going to be one of the most awesome events in your life. It's not something that you're just going to come to. It's something you have to experience experience and to know that a person of this quality, this caliber, this success, and we use that word in the right content, but just the the work ethic, everything that she's done, to know that she wanted to be a part of this event, she's already where many of us want to be, that ought to tell you that this is something very, very valuable. And I like to share that because a lot of times we don't recognize how important it is to be in an environment like this, to network. Would you agree, Ms neighbors
2: oh 100 I, I am so passionate about women's um events and women entrepreneurs and women doing well because you know what when i started we we left on break with uh, role models you know right. I, I i i historically hated that question because people would ask me all the time who mentored you who was your role model I didn't have that. Mentoring right. is a is a hot topic. It's a buzzword now, but you know, almost fifteen, twenty years ago, I didn't have that. And so, my part of my life, my passion, my life is to give back, and it's to it, because I am clear of the directions that I've chose. I was not geared to be in business, but, see, I made it through. So mm-hmm. it is for me to be able to give that back to women's organization and what you're doing. Uh, you know, um, Judy, when Judy reached out, uh, she shared that information with me. And absolutely, I just think that it is so positive to connect with women and uh, let us know we can do it. I made $40,000, and I became a multimillionaire. So I'm clear that anyone can do this, with, you know? And, and I do want to give back. And it's a part of what you have to do. I don't believe that you can be successful without giving back. And my cause and my passion is for entrepreneurship. So that's why your, well, your organization and what you're doing is so significant to me.
1: Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we, we want everybody to know that, like I said, you're going to go to the website, www.thewintersummit.com, and you will see all the things that we're going to have. March 19th and 20th, that's a Friday and a Saturday. It's a great weekend to get away at the Hyatt Regency in Baltimore. We have over $250,000 in cash and prizes. The grand cash prize is $2,500. You get a free makeover. Uh, some of the topics are top six figure selling the greenbacks and going green money making marketing timeless principles of leadership just to name a few we're even talking about how to ignite your image so you want to be there go to the website register and we are just as a special and a holiday thank you we're running a special and this is this is this is almost It's almost, it's crazy to say, $99 for a two-day event where people spend thousands of dollars to get this type of information from the dynamic leaders that are going to be there. $99 until December 31st. You want to go to the website, uh, thewinnersummit.com. Put in the code HOLIDAY. And if you are interested in being an exhibitor, we have a few spaces left, and we're also um, knocking off $99 to the end of the month as well. So that will be only $300 for a booth for two days to be in front of the quality of people that will be at this event. So we just thank um, Ms. Payne Neighbors for even sharing the whole concept of, of an event and why you have been able to um, welcome and endorse our event as well so now we also asked before we left the break we wanted to know tell us about these three P's the passion the persistence and the perseverance that you live your life by
2: you know I think that um, we all have to have something that is the basis of our life in which we stand Mm -hmm. on I believe Mm -hmm. that the three P's in which I live my life by passion persistence and perseverance is what has allowed me to stand here today which means the passion is what I do. I, I, am, I am a health care provider, and I love what it is that I do. So that gives me the passion. The persistence is being able to, when I heard all the no's and I heard so many things that would have normally made anyone say, you know what, I've had enough, I'm going home, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the persistence is what carried me through. The perseverance is what I live my life by because that has carried me through. It's, pushed, it's, it's allowed me to continue to push and push to see on the other side. So early on I saw that those were the three things that I was made of, passion, persistence, and perseverance. Those are the three Ps in which I live my life by because it allowed me to stand here today. Because I think any time that you're in business and a woman entrepreneur, you have so many obstacles that are against us from surviving in business, mm-hmm. and at mm-hmm. one, you know, there's a turning point that you have to say either I'm going to be in business or I'm not, and mm-hmm. when you persist, the perseverance of pushing through the passion, all three of those are is what has carried me through in terms of my life, of being who I, who it is that I am today.
1: Wow, that's, that's just such an awesome story, the three Ps, I love it, and you definitely have proven that. Um, there's no way, like you said, that you've been able to accomplish everything that you have, it, especially sharing the story with the doctors. I mean, I, I can only imagine sitting there and how you must have felt when someone's telling you everything that you've done that it, it's a joke that somebody else had to do it and you you could not be qualified enough to do it, and you were able to take that and turn it into something positive and to continue to build so speaking of continuing to build, tell us what what do you have in the future? What's new that you're working on, or what what do you see down the road for yourself?
2: You know, I've done I've done so much in medicine. Uh, our company continues to be the largest um, outpatient center in the state of Oklahoma. I'm probably one I I don't know of any other healthcare nuclear medicine technologies. Um, that have that have their own department of environmental quality license um, or have, that has grown a company to the degree of mine so mm. in in the many states i 've never found um, my counterpart that is existing currently um, so you know i i I've, I believe that my passion now is to be able to give back in some capacity. Part of me writing the book was to allow people to hear my story and um, the awards that I've won, how I branded myself, because I was really clear early on that I didn't have the financial funds to run ten and twenty thousand dollar ads, but I realized people would li- would read a special interest story. So one mm-hmm. of the ways that I grew my company was to brand me. So I believe at this point in my life, it is to it is to one hundred percent give back and share my experiences, share my entrepreneurial visions and my entrepreneurial goals. With other people around the country, so historically, I go and I speak. I enjoy speaking. I enjoy telling my story. I enjoy training and giving back and allowing people to know that anything is possible. So, part of where my my new goal is for 2010 is that I am on the road a lot, delivering and um, telling this story and assisting and helping African Americans, entrepreneurs, business people, or just wherever. Because I think that that's that's what I'm supposed to do now.
1: Mm-hmm, I do believe.
2: Mm-hmm, so
1: mm-hmm, that's
2: where what my life is composed consisting of now. I still promote the book. Um, I speak a, an, a, an enormous amount, and uh, and I still run my companies.
1: So. <laughs> and your son now he he was uh, six months, so he's a little older now. What what do you see in his life? Do you see him wanting to have that same love? Is he developing that spirit of an entrepreneur as well?
2: You know, um my son was raised in um in the business world when he was six months old and since he's been there, he has his own office here at the office. I mean, I realized that, you know, as a woman in business, a lot of people said, oh, you know, you're doing a major injustice to your son because you're working all the time. But see, had mm-hmm. I been a man, they never it never would have crossed anybody's mind that I had ever done myself an injustice, and I mm-hmm. have not. Um, mm-hmm. My son actually sees the companies that we own. He sees the life that we're living. He understands, mm-hmm. um, you know, every day my son does the same thing he says, Mommy, how was your day? How mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. your day? Because he understands that some days it's not going to be really great, some days it's mm-hmm. going to be really good, but he's been around um, the different avenues of all of the businesses. And, you know, I don't hide anything from him. He's able to, uh, he comes here just about every day. He, uh, so he's able to share and see what it what what being a real entrepreneur is. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, he, he gets to expose some of his friends. I mean, we've had, the school uh, bring kids here from his, all of his classes have actually come here. And so I've gone to the schools. So he, he's in a really great place. And as for as much as so, so many people told me that I had done him an injustice because I had chosen, uh, I didn't choose to have a career. I was having a career. And I think that a lot of times a lot of the women that I talk to, they want to know how can you have it all. But, see, I was really clear that had I been a man, you know, my son's life would never have come up in this picture, and I believe mm-hmm. that at this date, I have done him no wrong. This guy has a mm-hmm. really great life. He enjoys the life that he has, but he's able to see what I never could see.
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
2: you know, I, I think it, it gives him and his friends um, a, an ability to see like people, like him, look like mm-hmm. him, that can mm-hmm. do well. And mm-hmm. it doesn't. It, it, it can be anything that you want. Whatever you dream, it's it's possible.
1: That no. that that is a powerful story in itself that you're saying that because I know we deal with that as as women especially when we talk about entrepreneurship um, the whole idea of our children that maternal piece there you know where where do we fit with that I mean are are we because I think about it my daughter's six and I think um, to me having children is more mental than anything. <laughs> You know, because you, you're always thinking, am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Oh, I mean, not only is she cold or is she hot or is, is she sick or what have you, but what did I just say? What example am I setting for her? What is How is this going to affect her down the road? So it is great that you shared that.
2: Right. Well, you know, one of the things that they, they want women to do is they want us either choose motherhood or business. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't necessarily think that you have to choose either. I think that mm-hmm. you can have both. And, um, you know, because constantly they're wanting to say, well, you know, I remember my son being, uh, he's almost 14, and so many of the people said, oh, my God, you know, what about your son? And But, you know what, it wasn't, I i, I got him. I, I was able to do him, and I was able to do me. And so there was never a delineation that one suffered more than the other. But, you know, it was times that I, re- I do remember my son saying, Mommy, no, let's not go to the office when he was really young. But at the same time, um, when I won Small Business Person of the Year in 2007 for the state of Oklahoma, you know what, that that always stood with me, that I I, I wanted to make sure that I did him no injustice because so many people mm-hmm. had said that I that I was going to do it or mm-hmm. I wasn't going to succeed. And so I was able at, in, in 2007 to pull him on the stage with me and tell him, I, I thank you, I thank mm-hmm. you for allowing me to be able to do me and having mm-hmm. no harm for you. And so, you know, mm-hmm. And th- that was significant for me because mm-hmm. I remembered when he was so young. So many people saying, "Oh, you know, you, you know, you're working all the time," but he was here with me. I created an office with 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 a game room and a workout room for him. He was here with me, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't matter any, any difference for me because I, when I built my office, I built him space. And mm-hmm. so you know, so I, I think that they make more guilt of that. Um, and And women have to constantly choose you, but you there is no choice. you do mm-hmm. you and you do your family,
0: mm-hmm. and you balance
2: mm-hmm. the two there's there 's no choice of selecting family or, or work there 's no choice you, you have to you have to pay keep your lights on so you know <laughs> it 's just no choice it 's just life and but I think when you are doing the entrepreneurial part of it, people want to be more critical of you and make and you walk with that guilt of you know am i doing an injustice to my child no you're not
1: right you're not. No, you're not. Well, this has just been one of the most powerful shows. We, you've just been listening to Ms. Colleen Payne, Neighbors. Um, tell us, real quickly, about your website. We know they can get the book. They can go to the professional black woman, the PBW.com. We have it in our bookstore there. I know you're all on Amazon. But what is your website um, so that they can reach out to you there as well?
2: Yes, it's uh, Colleen J. Payne. That's C O L L E E N J. P-A-Y-N-E dot com and they can purchase the book there. The book is on Amazon and it's also at Barnes & Noble.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, we we know that we're going to be discussing this book in the future. Um, next year we have a lot of great things in store for the professional black woman. We are excited about a new project uh, that you have agreed to be a part of as well. So we want the listening audience to stay tuned for that. That will be announced in March. And be available in March uh, at the conference. We want everybody to go to the site, uh, ColleenJPayne.com. That's right, ColleenJPayne.com. Uh, get the book. Also register at the Winter Summit. Take advantage of that special that we have. And we want to say thank you so much for being our special guest today. It has been an awesome pleasure. And I want everybody to tune in next week. Uh, We have another dynamic, powerful woman who is known as the Confidence Architect, Ms. V. Ivana Foster. You don't want to miss her. This has been Deborah Hartnett with Wealthy Sisters. Want to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas that you celebrate. If you're celebrating Kwanzaa, whatever it is, make sure you have a wonderful, awesome, and safe holiday. Once again, we're
0: signing off. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters brought to you by TheProfessionalBlackWoman.com, where success is inevitable. Join Deborah Hartnett, our host, next week as she interviews another powerful, positive, progressive, wealthy sister and visitors on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. See you next time.